0: Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads. Hi, it's Deb in Halifax. Hi, it's Simone in Vancouver. Hey, it's
1: Tanya in Edmonton. Well, our latest read, Sam by Allegro Goodman, is a coming-of-age story about a girl from the ages of seven to about 19. Sam adores her father, though he isn't around much. She lives with her mom, Courtney, who struggles to make ends meet, and her half-brother, Noah. Sam doesn't fit in at school and doesn't care about jeans or rules. She just loves to climb climb trees and fences, walls, the side of a building. Climbing is where she belongs. She can turn off her brain. Pain has a purpose, and it's okay if you want to win. Into her teens, she grapples with self-doubt and insecurity, and then the girl becomes a woman. There's a struggle between what brings her joy and what she thinks she should do. Through heartbreak, friendships, identity, and hope, this is what Sam is all about Ladies,
2: how are you feeling? Absolutely. <laughs> well, I think, you know, this young girl's journey, I think it just, wow, it, it takes you back to when you were her age. She starts out at seven, you know, and I, and I love some of the things that, that she talks about in the book. She's just like, um, you know, she can't handle school. And, and I think her mom says, well, Sam, you can, how come you can't read? I don't want to read. And then there's a quote in it saying, Sam can do anything that she wants to, but only if she wants to, right? And you kind of feel that like your journey as a kid, there's some things you're interested in, some things that you aren't sort of the, the awkwardness of, of going through being a kid and the other kid. I don't know. There's just, there's a lot of stuff in this as she is growing up. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: How about you, Simone? What did you think about her journey?
0: Well, it was an interesting journey. And yeah, like those parts are very relatable, you know, just growing up and figuring out who you are, where you belong. And you know, there's frustrations if things don't go a certain way. And do you give up? Do you keep going? So that part of it was all great. I don't know, like this book for me, it was a quick read. It was an easy read. But I I don't know what it was. I think maybe I expected a little bit more from it. You know, I'm also trying to figure out the kind of novels I like. I mean, the whole reason we started this book club is just to read more and get into books because I wasn't really into them before. So I'm still figuring out what kind of novels resonate with me. And the last few, there was a lot of action and climax and thrill. And with this one, You know, there wasn't that. And I think maybe I was expecting that. So I kept waiting to see what was going to happen. And there was a lot of defining moments. There were definitely big things that happened. But for the most part, I don't know. I just didn't leave this book feeling like... It did a lot for me. And maybe that's because this is a, you know, it's it, the simplicity of it. You know, it's it's an emotionally mm-hmm. honest novel. And maybe that's why it is powerful. But for me, I don't know. There was just something missing for me in this one. Yeah, I think
1: what I liked was actually um, the first part of it uh, when she was quite young and I think, I don't know, I'm like you, Simone, I'm still trying, I guess we're we're both still growing on our own journey of reading and, and you know, being part of a book club and reading a lot more. Um, but I think for me, I did enjoy her younger years, her mind as a, a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, whatever the age was. Um, so I, I kind of found myself back in that stage when I was, um, you know, going through that that part of my journey. Um so I did enjoy it. It's just a little later on I was I was hoping for a little more. And again, she's still a young woman and, and perhaps there's more to come with this character. But um I, I yeah I kind of felt connected in the younger years,
2: yeah, yeah you kind of left on your kind of left on your own. But I kind of like like Deb. You're talking about sort of the the early years, and I really loved her early years. You know, I I loved her comment that a day in school is like a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> No, <laughs> every kid like is in like, the summer, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then she talks about, she's like, you know, what, what, this is what school is. Don't talk, be quiet, don't run, don't throw the sponge dipped in paint at other people. So many don'ts when you're a kid. And I really related to that. So I found she, I found her early life kind of like, yeah, I get that. I get that. And I just, her relationship with her dad, like when he took her to the circus mm-hmm. and mm. then like, I just, she idolized her dad. Like she looked up to this guy and we found out that he's got a lot of demons. And and I just remember I didn't have that kind of close relationship with my dad, but I did with my grandpa. And I remember being that age and like hang like following him around the yard everywhere. Cause I just loved him so much; he could do no Aww. wrong, you know. And I just, I that kind of relationship that she had as a kid. When you're innocent and you you look up to your parents, and you just love them so much. You don't understand that they've that they're adults and that they have problems. You just see them through a kid's eyes. And and I really loved that part of the book because I've definitely experienced that. And you know, as you get older, you grow up and you realize that stuff is not
0: all rosy with your parents. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and you just see how much they do for you over the years or they try to do and they try their best yeah. for you. And I think that's it when you're younger, like in those early years, she like you said idolized her her dad and and then mm-hmm. when you get to those teenage years, you're kind of at odds with your parents all the time. And the parts where she was sleeping over at her boyfriend's house and then telling her mom she was with you know someone else or with her ex. Mm-hmm. I had that thought in that moment where you're like how many things have we all lied about Ooh, <laughs> when it comes to our parents, you. right? Like, how many things did they not know about us? And necessarily not bad things, but just things we did and we didn't quite give them the answers they wanted. And now as adults, <laughs> we're like, hey, it's it's fine. We've all been there. We've all done things. But it just made me think of that because I've definitely kept a few things in.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember being at the supper table, and I don't even know how old I was, 17 or something. And and my mom's like, How come you're smoking? And I'm like, I'm not smoking. <laughs> oh, and she goes, no. and she says, Well, what's the stain on your finger? You know, oh, when you smoke, you gosh. get like a nicotine stain, mm. right? And I'm like, yeah. I don't even know what I said, but it's like, <laughs> oh, and now as I've grown up, you know, now that I'm an adult and I'm like, geez, you can sm- you can tell if somebody smokes like a mile away. It's everywhere. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And it's nice. And Sam was a, yeah. Yeah. And the, the beauty of it is to get older. Like my mom will say things to me and she'll be like, Simone, she'll be like, keep an eye on your kids. I've heard, you know, like from her friends and their older, you know, teenagers, she'll be like, this is what kids are doing. And my kids are 11 and 7. But she'll be like, have those conversations with them. And I'm like, mom. I did the same stuff. She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, don't worry. I know what to look for." And I'm like, "But now oh I can I can say these things to her and she's almost kind of in shock, but I'm like, "But we're we're two women now. We're having a conversation. This is life."
1: Exactly. I think it's quite funny, too. Like when we're kids, we, we, you know, like Sam, it's like, oh, my gosh, all these rules, all the things we can and can't Mm -hmm. do. And, and, you know, it seems so unfair. And then years go by and you think back or you see something that reminds you of a, a specific time and you go, oh. They definitely knew. Mm -hmm. Oh, now do we have to admit that they actually knew a lot more? They how did they know these things? They really did know these things. They were right about that. But at the time, it's like, no,
2: how do you know these things? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you guys like did you guys connect with Sam as an individual or like her her family life? Like, was there something in that that you really kind of connected with?
1: I think for me, somehow the chaos, not that I had that setting, um, but I knew of people who had some things going on. So there was something very familiar about all that was happening within her life and her extended family or her her mom's extended family. But uh, I, I think that she was a little quirky and she was trying to find herself. Mm-hmm. There, there was something about that that I felt connected to her. And I, I thought like, yeah, I, I, I feel... She's reminding me of myself somehow. I still can't quite pinpoint it. But yeah, I did again when she was younger feel like there was a connection somehow.
0: For me, Mm -hmm. I would say it was the years in high school. Like I did not love school in the aspect of like sitting down and learning and how she had those struggles. (laughs) Like I don't want to go to school. I wanted to go to school to socialize and hang out with my friends. So I had a great high school experience, but I just was not... Into a lot of the subjects and things like that, because I always was like, I'm going to get into broadcasting and this is all I need to do. I don't need to focus on math and this and that. And then, of course, now when I think about it, you're like, oh, I should have paid a little bit more attention because now I have to help my kids with their homework. Um, But uh, (laughs) yeah, like that part of it, just not that um, that desire to want to really do the schooling, I think that part I connected mm-hmm. with.
2: Yeah. And I, you know, me too. I connected with that as well. You know, when I, when I was going to through, through school all the way through till the end, all the way through to grade 10, I was a matriculation student, right? I had honors. I didn't have to write final exams. Everything was great. And I hit high school and I have no idea that you know the floor uh-huh. just dropped from, I just couldn't, yeah. I couldn't apply myself. I didn't care. I should have loved English because I loved books, but I didn't like I for I you know one of the courses I passed, which I didn't think I would, was chemistry. Wow. I don't even, oh. know. I don't even know how. <laughs> Smarty pants. How I I don't but I don't know how I did that. Like I don't know how. So anyway, yeah, kind of that, you know, being in school and not really wanting to kind of do this stuff, but I also like later on I I kind of felt like in my family um Like her mom, Courtney, right? Courtney was like uh, always saying, you know, she didn't finish college, right? Which is sort of where she's at. She's a hairdresser part time. She had to get another job at Staples. She's working, working, working. She wants better for her daughter. And she's pushing, um, uh, pushing Sam to be an accountant, you know? And there's nothing about Sam that says she wants to be an accountant, you know, mm. but she's pushing her because she knows how tough it is in the world. And she wants her daughter to get like a good, steady job. And, and I was pushed like that, too. I had aspirations to do all sorts of things on the artistic side. But in the end, I ended up going to this is going to sound really old school secretarial college when I was like 18 <laughs> at an agricultural college. They had a secretarial program. I was selling shoes at, at, I can't remember what store it was. And mom's like, come on, (laughs) are you going to sell shoes? So they enrolled me, you know, which in the end got me into radio kind of through the back door. But it was like, that's that's not who I am. But yet I felt the pressure. And so I feel Sam's pressure of being pushed into something that she doesn't want to do, but she's going to do it anyway. Because her mom said, you got to do it, you know.
0: Well, it's yeah. that whole struggle between doing what you want, you're passionate about, and then mm-hmm. maybe thinking your parents are right. Like I remember even me get, wanting to get into broadcasting. Um, there wasn't a lot of South Asian broadcasters. So my parents never really saw anyone who looked like me on TV. So they would kind of be like, why don't you be a teacher? Or why don't you do something? And they were kind of pushing oh. me in a different direction, because they also didn't know this world. And so it was like, I kind of felt that pressure of, you know, well, they're going to be paying for my schoolwork. What do I do? do. But then I finally would just, I battled it out and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then then now, of course, they're so proud and so thrilled with how things turned out. So it's that struggle about like, do I listen to my parents? Are they right? Am I just too young to realize? Or do you just kind of fight for what you want and make your parents Mm -hmm. believe in you and say, I can do this. You just need to trust in me.
2: Yeah. When when does the
0: dreamer become reality, right? Yeah.
2: Like, who's to say that your dream... Shouldn't be a reality. Right. And I just think that, yeah. she, you know, she had a dream to do other stuff and we all have dreams mm-hmm. to do things. And I and I just think, you know, as a kid, as a kid, you're supposed to dream. Right. But when you become an adult, you're not supposed to. You're not. You're just supposed to kind of get on with it. Right. Like, stop yeah. Dreaming, put that, become put that a back realistic. on the shelf over there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and so many
1: struggles. And Simone, you can probably attest to this, um, a, a different generation. When you look at the relationships that grandparents have with their grandkids versus the relationships they had mm. with their own children. Now they've got time and they can sit back and uh, and appreciate a different time as well, because, you know, there were so many struggles, so many other things they had to deal with just living in general and trying to survive whatever may be happening around you with your own children, that they weren't really hearing or couldn't take the time to understand what those dreams might have been and where you wanted to take, what path you wanted to take and what your journey could look like. Um, Because they just thought, no, I need the best for them because it didn't work out for me as I had initially planned. So it's interesting how you know, you have to go through a generation to kind of appreciate and understand and look back and reflect and think oh that's what it's all about that's exactly it
0: Um, my mom has told me as much as I love you and your brother I love my grandchildren more so she has straight up told us she likes (laughs) you know he's got three kids (laughs) I've got two so she's like the love you have for your grandchildren is just something I can't explain so I'm like okay and then my oldest when he was little he was quite goofy and silly and would do all these things and I'd you know be like hey you know RF simmer down a little bit let's you know there's a time and place to be goofy. And my mom once just looked at me and said, Let him be how he's going to be. Jim Carrey's parents didn't stop him, and look how he turned out. He's (laughs) funny and silly and goofy. And I'm like, okay, mom. Like here you were like saying I couldn't do things, but now he's allowed to be Jim Carrey if he wants to. And it was just kind of funny that she was like, don't say anything to him. And I was like, okay, mom. So it's totally what you said, Deb. It's like she enjoys this time with them. They're in her pantry, like hiding treats and chocolates from me, and she's like stuffing candies into their pants. And I'm like, don't tell your mom. Don't tell. Your mom, and then I was like, you know, when I was a little ass for something, it was like, No, you've had enough treats for today. <laughs> it's like oh a whole gosh, other world, it. you know. Oh, completely. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's what was nice in this novel about we didn't get to hear a lot about Sam with her grandparents, you know, and yeah. so no. her when she had um Anne, oh, that was Anne, really nice yes. for her to have yeah. that relationship with an with an elder where who's someone who has seen the mm-hmm. world, who's encouraging and and fostering her dreams and pushing her towards what she wants to do. And I really liked that. Yeah, that you know, when was you a
1: think great relationship. It,
2: absolutely. And there were so many relationships in here, you know, like Sam's first kind of boyfriend, he liked her, but she didn't like kissing him. But oh, well, Corey, Corey, yeah, Corey, yeah. the juggler. And, you know her relationship, her relationship with her mom, her relationship with Noah, her half brother. Um, what she thought of Jack, who was kind of this idiot ex boyfriend, but Noah's dad. And you know that the character that I most love the relationship with is is Anne, because yeah, like you yeah. said, an elder, And, old. You know, I think she's like ninety two or ninety five or something. And and I just you know I love this because dessert at Anne's place was ice cream ginger your snaps and scotch hello yeah. yes <laughs> like, I love I'm like this I've never is gonna tried, be an I really woman. love to. I think I want to and you know she was constantly like she was very perceptive like and she was pushing the geology books towards Sam mm-hmm. yeah. and really kind of looking at her when Sam was fighting through accounting books and you could just see that Anne was like mm-hmm. and then towards you know Anne's like just be a scientist already yeah. just be a scientist so she gave she gave sam what she needed that it was okay to go after what her heart was telling her to do which really started with her dad and collecting rocks and all that kind of stuff i mean she g- gave her permission to say what is inside of me i can actually pursue some, yeah, I love that mm. relationship. <laughs> but
0: did it yeah. start with her dad? At the end, the mom was trying to take credit for it. And then I kind of was yeah. like, what is happening here? And she's like, I'm the one who told you about that. And then it kind of got glossed over. And I was like, wait a minute. what What's happening right. here?
1: Is it because ahead, like Deb. Sam was you know, at a different stage and you know, our memory's foggy on how we remember things because she had a closer relationship with her dad? She wanted to believe that he was so much more than perhaps what he was actually able to offer her. And because her mom was the one that set out the rules that she might have missed it. I don't know.
0: Mm -hmm. And it was
2: sort of like to Simone, you're right. Like it was sort of a throwaway. She mentioned it twice. I read you geology books when you were little and the author wrote it twice. And then that was it. There was no, there was no kind of like backstory. There was no like, Sam going really, mom? Like, what? What do you mean? I don't remember. And they and she, and the author didn't explore that. And so, if you think about unanswered questions, it's like, well, why? Why did you bring that up? If you're not going to kind of explore it a little bit more, because I. It was a throwaway, and I'm like, "What? Well, we're
0: since we're going to be talking to Allegra a little later on, we could definitely ask that question, right? (laughs) Absolutely, Mm, sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Do you guys um, think that that Sam matured normally in this relationship? Do you think that she? Do you you think she was able to be a kid, or do you think that with having her mom as a, a single parent, kind of altered her journey somewhat?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I see that often with, you know, the first child or the oldest child. Like, I'm the baby in my family, and I definitely got babied. In my home, I I have higher expectations on my older son than my younger one. And I try to shift that sometimes because I think, okay, I can't put that kind of pressure on him. But, you know, my Mm -hmm. husband was the oldest in his family. I see, you know, when his parents need something, they go to him first. He just needs to have all the answers. So I see this with Sam where it's like, if mom's not there, then you're in charge, you're responsible. And if you think about it, For a child, that's a lot of pressure because not only is she trying to navigate herself, but then it's like, okay, I got to drive my brother around to practices. I got to feed him. I got to do this. So you kind of lose a bit of yourself and it's okay. You want, you know, in a family, we all work together. We all have our roles and we all should help out. But I think, yeah, the fact that she had this pressure put on her so young definitely changes you. And I've seen that with friends who were in similar situations. They just grew up really fast whereas those of us who didn't have that kind of pressure were kind of it took us a little longer to mature because we were just you know living the life no worries no cares in the world but the (laughs) ones with the responsibility had to grow up sooner because they just had to Mm -hmm. take care of other things
1: I I think the same thing I don't think she had a, a really a choice in the matter I think she was just these are the cards that I've been thrown like her mom's out working multiple jobs and this is what we have to deal with. And um, she reminds me of uh, a couple of my friends who came from big families. And I remember visiting a couple of them the first times when I was, I don't know, maybe grade five, grade six um, in and around like 11, 12 and seeing how responsible they were and not just doing like everybody's laundry when we got home after school, but they were preparing supper. You know, both parents were working in the house. They were looking after the younger siblings and, And doing all the adult things that I could do, but I wasn't quite there. And it it was just such a, they still had a little bit of the, you know, time to to be a kid, but not as much as I had. So Mm -hmm. I had a a different Mm -hmm. understanding and appreciation, I guess, for the different dynamics in in all the households.
2: Yeah, like I I grew up as a middle child and I know, you know, my sister being older than me, she uh, she had to do it do everything first, you know. So there's a lot of responsibility yep. for. It. I kind of got ignored and then my brother was like the the baby of the family, but I you know, when I was reading this book and you know when she was with Justin who is her boyfriend at the end of the book and it's what is, is and his great aunt or some great, great aunt great. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and and she's like, she's trying, you know, Sam is like 18, 19, and she's trying, I'm 19, I guess, she's trying to do accounting. She's like, I can't, I can't be here. I'm gonna leave. And, and she says in her head, he doesn't understand that she needs to be responsible. And that Just broke my heart a little bit. Mm -hmm. She had to be responsible. She had to do accounting because that's what her mom said is her ticket into the world to be self-supporting and not end up like her. And I went, oh... I know. No, Sam, yeah. don't
0: be responsible, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. A lot of great um, characters in this book, too, even the way mm, Beth rolled mm. in. And I liked I liked Courtney as well. <laughs> and to find out she was only young. She was a very young mother. And yes. when she said she's got her whole life ahead of her, it might be that whole, like, now your kids are getting older and maybe you can shine that spotlight back on yourself, especially when they move out of the house and they're self-sufficient. It could be her time again. And... um well, like we talked about Anne one of the things I was thinking about you know like the book and you think about like the, the moments that kind of stood out for you the first moment for me was that whole fight with the beer bottles and the smashing that was it. a bit of yes. excitement and then the other one was when the showering there was a lot of showering maybe it's because it of all the there rock climbing it. but when yeah. Anne, Anne made that comment about you sure like to save a lot of water I was like she <laughs> she's a nice witty 90 year old I love it and then Liberal. <laughs> and then, of course, the moment at the end, you know, that was the one thing I did like about Sam is that she never gave up. She kept at it every fall, mm-hmm. every, you know, she just kept going, kept going, kept going. And I think that will take her far in life or, you know, wherever her journey takes her. Absolutely, she's she's got it going on. I think at the end of the book,
2: I mean, I I don't know whether she'll continue being with Justin. I really liked Justin, yeah, His long hair too. and this funky hat. of like, yeah, but um, who knows? It's a couple hours away. Who knows? And they're young, so. But the fact that 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 Sam ends up following her heart, and it's because of me- you know mentors. It's also because of Anne, but it's also you know when you guys were growing up, you probably had someone in your life, or maybe many people in your life, who helped you along and. And, you know, when she was going to college, taking accounting, there was that Doc Martin who was the geology guy and mm-hmm. he saw her watching yeah. and he invited her to class and he just gently pushed her and he gave her permission to like what she liked and to continue. he's like, well, she goes, I think I want to take another elective and I don't know whether I'll get in. And he's like, well... Why don't you just try to get in and you can get a refund if you want to, mm-hmm. which she never did. Right. Yeah. So he was really like I really like how he helped her, you know, and I love there are people in this life who see things that sometimes we don't see in ourselves. And they give us a little gentle prod, a little a little poke, you know, a gentle poke yeah. saying, hey,
0: what about this? Hey, have you thought about, you know. Her dad had said that yeah. people are helpers. Remember in the first chapter yes, of the yes, book, look right. to people to help, and she yeah. did have that help. Now, with the help we need in answering some of our burning questions about Sam from Allegra Goodman, let's speak to Allegra herself. Allegra, you've got Deb, Tanya, and Simone here with you. How are you? I'm good. Good to hear you.
1: Allegra Goodman, so happy to have you. Thank you so much for for, uh, taking some time to talk about Sam today. My pleasure. So we we need to talk about who Sam is before we get into a lot of the details. Where did she come from? Is she a girl that many of us know pretty well?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, She's a girl I feel I know well. She came to me in large part from raising a rambunctious daughter (laughs) after raising three sons. When my husband and I had our daughter, she was the youngest. We had three sons, and they were kind of well-behaved and loved to read and very academic. And we got this kid who um, was literally climbing the walls of our house and, you know, (laughs) always had a plan. (laughs) Um, And it was sort of that experience that you know, started me thinking about girlhood and about Sam. And you know, I would say there's some of my daughter in there, there's some of me, and there's some of herself. You know, characters kind of grow themselves as well. So she's somebody yeah. I see out there.
1: Yeah, I am. Um, I think we all see some part of her, especially in the, in the younger years. So I uh, I, yes. I quite took to her character, especially when she was quite young. Yeah. Um. And was it easy to know how young? Sam would navigate through these pretty important stages in her life, from from that young child to becoming the young woman, Sam?
3: Yeah, that was, um, I guess that's really the plot of the book. That's the, you know, that's sort of the heart of it. And um, as a writer, I mean, I just sort of tried to think my way inside of her and think what she would do. Um, and at the same time, she became so real to me that I also felt, I also felt maternal toward her, like as a mother, I would be like, no, don't do that, you know um <laughs> <laughs> to my own character, who I was creating, but I was just like feeling like she was making bad choices sometimes, but you know again at the same time, although of course I was making those choices so whatever it was weird, but yeah, growing up is hard, and writing the growing up of Sam was was in some ways hard, trying to just trying to figure it out how to keeping it authentic to her and reliving sort of how uh, how it is to be when you're 11, when you're 15, when you're 20.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true, yeah. though, isn't it? It
3: is really tough growing up, and, and
1: especially at s- certain stages in your life and when you're quite young, yes. um, being told that these are the rules. I'm like, I don't really understand rules right now, but okay, let's try to do this.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Allegra, climbing is a very important part of this book um, and part of who Sam is. What was it that drew you to having that sport become a part of her character?
3: Yeah, well, so the book is set in New England on um, the north shore of Massachusetts. And if you walk around in the woods there, we have these great big granite boulders. And you see people, you know, bouldering out there. And I was really drawn to that sport, which, is, which has a side of it that is very... Um, which has a side of it that's very sort of fashionable. Like we've probably seen all the climbing gyms and the people climbing in the gyms and the kids and the climbing teams and all that stuff, you know, where people like put their kid into climbing the way you would into skating or, you know, soccer leagues or something. And then there's a side of it that's sort of very much more like laid back and non-competitive and climbing for yourself and getting out into nature and in the woods is more hippie-like. Um, mm-hmm. And I was interested in the sport that sort of had both sides to it and you know, Sam experiences both sides. And um, I was also interested in climbing because it's strategic as well as physical. Sam is smart, and but she's she's not sort of book smart necessarily, but she's smart on the wall. Like, she has a sense of space and a sense of strategy. And... I was really intrigued by the idea that when you're climbing a boulder, you have to figure out your route up the boulder. And boulders call that, you know, solving a problem. (laughs) So poetic. And um, I was really interested in that, that, you know, you have to put your hand here, but then if you do that, where do you put your foot? You know, and um, that kind of thinking things through, which also seemed to me very much the way life is, that, you know, we don't have a route planned out for us all the time, you know, that you have to make these choices and figure it out as you go along and make mistakes and fall a lot, (laughs) as her dad reminds her.
2: Hey Allegra, it's Tanya in Evanton. I think yeah, her dad Hi. was sort of like about life. It's it's more about falling, you know, and then picking yeah. yourself up. And I and I really loved how you wrote about bouldering. I mean, I've never tried it because I can't lift my own body weight. But anyway, there's like a part where she's younger, right? When she's young and she's doing it, and she's like, her dad always says, "Hey, monkey." Hey, monkey! Which I yeah. love that, and I, you know, she was like that because she was light, and she could swing, and she oh, could yes. do this and this and this. And then when she got older, you know, she would look at the other in, during um, uh, when she was bouldering with other people, and she'd look at yeah. the younger girls, going, "Oh, you're so much lighter than I am. My feet—I yeah. don't even get my my feet are bigger. I don't know where they're going to fit. Yes. It's harder to lift my my body up. And even when she's scaling some of the the boulders, and you. The intensity or how you, the description is, I actually felt like how raw her fingers were, (laughs) you know, and I just like, my goodness, it was very visceral for me. It was just like, and how she's swinging and then she falls and, and how dirty they get and, you know, all of that. It was just quite, quite a world that you created that she actually was able to excel at.
3: Thank you very astute to pick up on the weight issue you know i don't mm-hmm. i don't um belabor it but she says that once she's thinking I, she hates her weight and i was thinking about you know girls <laughs> you know they so many things come easy spinning in the air when you're skating being a gymnast being a dancer and then you know you, you go through puberty you get bigger you get heavier and to be in an activity where you hate your weight um that's something mm-hmm. that happens to her as a yeah. climber where she's She's like 11, and she wishes she were 9, you know, already. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, I, you know, that was a subtle part, but, yes, it's there. I mean, you have some really strong
2: female characters in this book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one I really I laughed out loud with was, was Anne. I just think she's mm-hmm. a rock star. She's so awesome. But <laughs> do you know, you know, are these some of the women that you know in your own life? You know, like with Courtney, mm-hmm. with... And with, um, I can't remember what you called the accounting teacher, Miss, <laughs> she had a Whitney. funny name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Miss, yes. <laughs> yes.
3: Yes. In her stiletto well, heels. I love that. Yes, yes. I, um, I would say that, you know, I mean, nothing comes from nothing. They're definitely our inspirations. And Courtney, Sam's mom, with her sort of lovingness and also her toughness. I think there's a lot of my mom in there. Um, my mom is totally different person with different circumstances, but she was that kind of mom. Like she was like, yes, you will pass your driver's test. <laughs> lots, of, <laughs> lots of morons are driving on the road. You can be, you can do that too. You know, she was always like half cheerleader and half, you know, coach and half in partly like, you know, just be rating, um, but oh, yeah. just full of love. And just, you know, so that, so that there, and, um, I've known some old women who are just tough, and I've admired. I grew up in Hawaii, and we had friends actually from Vancouver who used to come in the winters, and I would, we would see them every winter. And then there was another, we used to sort of know some snowbirds who came. And there was an old woman um, who, used to, who was a retired professor from Cornell in Ithaca, New York, which is, you know, cold in the winter, and she would come to Hawaii, and I, I really admired her. Her name was Alice Cook. She lived to be like 100 a very distinguished uh, wow. social scientist. Nice. But she, in the, in the summertime, she would swim in the Finger Lakes in, in upstate New York. In the wintertime, she'd come to Hawaii and swim in the ocean. And I think maybe a little of her toughness and her unsentimentality came, got into Anne. Although Alice, was, mm. Alice wasn't quite so tart. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: Anne yeah, would
1: have been fun to to sit down with either um, at the table <laughs> for a cup of tea or something much stronger like the dessert. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice glass of something. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Now, Allegra, there are a lot of struggles when it comes to Sam's family. You know, there's finances, blended members, addiction, a lot of very relatable scenes for many families. Did you always have this kind of home setting for Sam's family, or did you kind of toy with any other ideas?
3: Actually, I really um, started out with, you know, those opening scenes of, like, Sam, her dad not being around, living with a single mom, her younger brother Noah with a different dad who is problematic, um, and so I, I had that situation from the very beginning and I thought that was really essential to her life and also really essential to understanding her mom and her mom's desire for Sam to get to finish college and, you know, not do some of the things that she had done because she had Sam and her brother so young. Um, so, you know, they they do struggle financially and her mom is a rock. You know, she keeps everybody mm-hmm. together. I will say it's not like they're. I mean, it could be worse. You know, they have yep. a roof over their head. Yeah. Um, they do. They get some help um, in different forms. But it's hard. And this is a situation also where they live a life where, like, you know, somebody gets her mom gets sick or like something happens to their car. You know, there's like no margin for error. I wanted to get that feeling across that to live that way.
1: Yeah. yeah, a lot of people you know, can there definitely a, relate. Yeah, no breathing yeah. room.
2: Yeah, right. One question I wanted right. to ask you, Allegra, it's always been at the back of my mind when I read this, and I'm like, what does she mean? And maybe, <laughs> well, no, you do mean something. Every word you write means something. But, but Courtney says of Mitchell, uh, Sam's mm-hmm. Sam's dad, he is a true mm-hmm. artist. Yeah. What does she mean by that? I mean, he had his demons. Yeah. He was there. He wasn't there. Really never yeah. figured out like what his deal was. But why did you write? Why did Courtney say
3: that? Are you trying to point out something? Well, I think it's a it's a moment where we're, we learn about Mitchell, but we also learn about Courtney. What we learn about Mitchell is she's trying to say he's creative. He has something mm. about him that's magical. Like, that's why I loved him. or loved him. She's, it also tells to me, that moment says a lot about Courtney because she doesn 't tear down sam 's dad she's always you're right she, she could yeah. easily just be bitter and just be like he 's a disaster. I want nothing to do with him, which is kind of a position that Sam starts to take, and Courtney mm-hmm. tries to help Sam see his value and that he loves her you know um so to me that like courtney 's a hero <laughs> like she she has a big mm-hmm. enough heart that she can um, she can have that perspective. But she's in a difficult position. She's also trying to protect Sam from him and what he's done. So it's complicated for her. Yeah. But I think sometimes what a character describes another character, they're also, you know, revealing something about themselves. Yes. Yeah.
0: The other question that we had when the three of us were chatting were, you know, we, we go through this novel and she has such a passion for bouldering and climbing. And, you know, a lot of it is because her dad introduced her to that world. But then when you get to the end of the book um, and she's talking about it, her mom, Courtney, is like, no, I introduced you to that. And so what, what was that? And then it was kind of like that they didn't really expand on that conversation. It's almost like Sam didn't believe her. But, but what was that right. kind of about?
3: So, like, early in the book, when Sam can't sleep, she says, um, her mom's like, you have to read so you can go to college. And she's like, (laughs) and Sam goes, can you, like, go to college for climbing? And her mom's like, "Um, um, yes, yes, you can study um, geology. You know, and she starts talking to Sam as she's drifting off. And, of course, Sam has no recollection of this conversation. And then Courtney, but Courtney remembers it, being the mom. And um, I'm a mom, so I remember things that my kids don't (laughs) do not and, you know, then she's like, wait, I take credit for that. Like, I was the one who told you about geology. And, you know, Sam's like, yeah, right, mom. You know, I don't, she doesn't remember at all. And um, I think that's just like, you know, when you're a parent and you, your kids don't give you credit, <laughs> you're like,
0: did I not uh... tell you that before? <laughs> yeah. And I say, and I've often heard that sometimes, um, children have more love for the absentee parent. Like sometimes when one parent isn't around as much, they almost, especially in those teenage years, you kind of favor one parent more. So even if Courtney was right in this situation, Sam wasn't going to have it because of just where she was at with her feelings on her dad still.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, her feelings change. Again, sort of the trajectory of the book book, and the, really the plot of the book is how her perception changes of her parents. And I think there are there are times when her dad is the magical parent, you know, when he's the one who takes her on to the fair and, and she has these incredible experiences and her mom is like the hands-on, hardworking parent who always says no to everything. And then there are also times when she um, is disappointed by her dad and wants nothing to do with him. And I would say that as the book progresses and as Sam grows, it's like her heart opens and she, she develops and she can see her parents, both of them, as like more human You know, which is something that happens to all of us, I think, as we get older. You know, it's not like they're the adults out there doing whatever we don't really understand. And then we become adults, and we do start to understand. They're flawed. They have fears. They have problems. You know, they have feelings. (laughs) She starts to see that about her mother and her father. Mm
2: -hmm. There's a part in the book where... Um, when Sam is growing up and her father's constantly disappearing. She doesn't really know where he goes. He goes to a horse farm. Mm -hmm. He goes here, you know, and then a friend, Mm -hmm. a a person, a a parent dies and she goes to the Mm -hmm. funeral and she's like, I would, I really wish that we could have a funeral instead of my dad just disappearing. (laughs) You know, like there'd be something solid as opposed to this. That's a dark moment. That's like, and that just tore my heart out because yeah, like... Oh,
3: he disappears
2: like he well, doesn't he, even show up for her 18th or like 16th birthday. She just doesn't show up. And it's just so heartbreaking. I yeah.
3: know. Also, mm. the feeling that like she she has this feeling that her dad is killing himself and that and she's like, I wish like she wishes he would die of something more sympathetic like cancer. Mm. Like, you know, her friend's father <laughs> died and like everybody felt really terrible. Like it was incredibly sad and she doesn't. But it wasn't his fault, you know and that's a really hard place to be in when you're thinking those thoughts mm-hmm. but to me it felt real to what she was going through at that point in her life you know it's hard it's funny it's terrible um <laughs> she's imagining like the music i think it's all a lot of it is just about her trying to like she she wants to memorialize his life she's almost memorializing him already in her mind because she dreads what might happen you know
0: mhm mhm so Allegra, what would you say is kind of next for Sam? Because she's still so young in her journey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh,
3: well, I have my hopes for her. You know, I, you know, in some ways, there's a part of me that wants her to become a scientist, like the way Anne's like, you know, be a scientist, go out there and like figure out the world. And there's a part of me that thinks more realistically that maybe she will end up being, like, a park ranger. <laughs> you, know, that she'll, like, you know, she's so active and, and she will, um, you know, be an educator, but, like, hands-on educator um living in you know, out in the wilderness, like in some huge, beautiful national park. Um so I can imagine many different roads for her and it's just you know, I and I like the reader to be able to imagine different possibilities. But you know, oh. if I have high hopes for her. I do. She's got a lot her, of potential I want I want to myself. stay with Justin
1: <laughs> Yeah,
2: I like Justin. Yeah, too. me too. He's a good one. Yeah. Like yes. Justin, He's a good
1: on.
0: one. He's he yeah,
2: exactly, Declan, not exactly. so much. I wanted to deck Declan. No, no we don't like Declan. Wow. Uh-huh. no, we don't. We don't. My goodness.
0: Don't. And Allegra, <laughs> as we as we come to uh, a wrap here, um, last question. Uh, What's next for you? Are there any other projects that we can look forward to?
3: Yes, yes. I have um, a new book coming out in 2025.
0: <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> totally different from this
3: book, but it's totally different in many ways um, in time and place and all of that. But, it, but like this book, it is, it is about a young woman who um, sort of comes into her own and she's severely tested. So there's definitely some thematic, you know, there's a through line there. Anyway, I'm super excited for you guys to see it. I will try to. <laughs> I, I hope. What's you it called? copy. Um, I am not saying yet because the title might change. Okay,
1: but, uh, uh, okay. of course. Okay, okay. awesome, awesome time.
3: time. I'm literally. I've got the. I've got it right here. It's all typed out. Um, it's hopefully going to copy editing in August. So okay. Um, wow. Well, we look so, forward yeah, to, to that. that. Yeah. Stay
0: tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> Well, we thank will. you so much for chatting with us today and answering uh, all of our questions. Oh, thank you! It's such a I'm I'm honored that you guys read my book
3: and so carefully, and it was just a pleasure to talk to you. Ah, uh, thanks so thank much. thank you so
2: much, Allegra. <laughs> thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye. bye. You too. Bye bye.
1: Thank you for kicking back and relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on relaxing reads.